in Better New Orleans. I'm Ashley. I'm Taylor. And I'm Henry. We're three educators who now support teachers across Louisiana. We like to talk about education and current events. We have opinions. What's yours? Tangled podcast, and I am Taylor, and I am joined here by my amazing co-hosts Henry and Ashley. Hey, friends! Hello, what hello. It what it do? Happy spring! And of course, my dog wants to start whining right now because he hears the leaf blower outside, and he needs attention. So we're going to pause so I can go get him a treat so he can leave me alone. All right, we're back. Bo has a treat and he is away from me and not whining and carrying on like he does. So first, before we get into our current events and into our teacher's lounge and chat for today, I really want us to pause for a moment to pay respects and to stand in solidarity with the AAPI community, those of who have lost their lives throughout the entire pandemic due to anti-Asian racism and those who lost their lives last Wednesday. Uh, once again, due to anti-Asian racism, we stand with you all, we support you all. And it has been a wild time in our country with this pandemic and with all of the things that, been ha that has been happening, um, especially around violence against people of color here. And so- mm -hmm. We want to pay our respects to those families and those ones who lost their lives on Wednesday. Okay, and it is officially springtime. The spring equinox, I think it's called. I don't know. It's spring. And all I know is the pollen is out. You getting <laughs> some is, allergic reactions? It is on my car. My car is supposed to be white. It is now yellow. It's like a little, you know, it's fuzzy. Got a little fuzz on it. It's a little tint. Ooh. Um, Zyrtec is now a regular part of my routine. <laughs> Period. So how are y'all doing? How are y'all holding up in this new spring weather? Uh, how are y'all's allergies? What's going on with y'all? Oh, um, so... <laughs> Henry's like, uh, Ashley, go. Um, <laughs> so spring is one of my faves. I'm actually, I've been excited because I haven't been working out, but I worked out for the first time outside at City Park earlier right. this week. So it's like spring is happening. It's here. We can finally get back outside. I have been, you know, taking a few Zycal myself. Um, that's my favorite allergy pill. And uh, I've been having to puff that inhaler too because your girl has asthma. So just, just send me some love. <laughs> I, I feel all the people out there who have those spring allergies because they are not fun at all. But I will take the warm up weather before it gets too, too hot in like May or June. So I appreciate that. I'm also doing well. I 
just, you know, I feel like I really am living my best life. I get to work from home. I get to come into the office from time to time if I want to. So yeah, but to me, life, life is good. Uh, spring is here. I also went to go run outside today in the morning. And if you're wondering, wait, wasn't it raining this morning? Right. <laughs> that it was. And <laughs> you know what? I was, I was feeling it. I woke up. I'll tell you the truth. I just didn't wake up early enough to go to the gym. And you know, the commute mm-hmm. is, is a bit you know, time consuming. So I was like, I don't have time today. I just got to go run outside. And it's raining. You know what? Rain or shine. Let's go. Henry, had- you ran in like, was it drizzling or was it like real rain? It was, it was raining. It wasn't pouring, but it was, it was raining. And funny enough, you know, I got back and I had to start my meeting in like five minutes. So I had five minutes to dry up and, uh, and be ready. And it, it, and you know what? It worked out. I'm here. I'm, I'm feeling good. I got my workout in. I feel good. Y'all can't see our faces, but me and Ashley are literally <laughs> looking at Henry, like, really? Yeah. He giving he getting a you hard side eye right now. You know it's what? Good. Rain or shine, right? Rain or yeah, shine. I'm into it. Meanwhile, when it was storming last week, I had a Orange Theory class scheduled, and as soon as it started thundering, I said, "Let me go ahead and cancel this class." <laughs> <laughs> I canceled I the class, and I got some Thai food ordered to my house. I'm like, I'm not even going to go pick up the food. The Uber each driver can bring it to me and I'm going to live my best life yeah. on the couch because ain't nobody got time. But you know what? I think when it comes to thundering, I may draw the line there. Yeah, I, I don't I, need to be outside for that. Yeah, but, no. you know, like, have you have you ever had the experience of running in the rain? It's it's an actual thrill. I, I, I sometimes forget. It's not something I do often, you know, but I do it from time to time. And it really is like a, a thrill because you're like, wow, I don't, I don't usually do this. And you just, you go out, you feel all the rain coming on you, but you feel like a, I don't know. I feel like a, like a champion just being out there (laughs) despite the weather. I think my grandmother, rest her soul, is rolling over in her grave being like, you going to catch a coat running around (laughs) outside, no matter how warm it is. So no, I have never run in the rain intentionally. Mm-hmm. not not <laughs> right. not on not on purpose miss joy yep. you ran you've been doing that uh no so <laughs> i like going to the gym which i haven't found a gym in new orleans yet but shout out to my old gym in uh baton rouge better body fitness because baby yeah i miss going in a physical gym that's what i do miss but if i if i was running and i was on my running game I don't know. I think I have, I'm not even gonna lie. I probably have run in like a little drizzle, but not a full blown rain because I don't have hair. So it just is, I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna just brush it down, put on this do-rag and <laughs> keep yeah. it moving. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yes. I, I just I mean, don't like we, running in general. So I don't even know. I don't even know why I enjoy running sometimes, but it's a thing. All right. Um, so for current events today, we got a few things coming down the pike. So after months of a controversial uh, name switch, um, Lee High in Baton Rouge was renamed to Liberty High School. 
Um, and the sign went up on Monday. So shout out to the EBR school board. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Dadrius Lannis and mm-hmm. Tramel Howard, mm-hmm. two phenomenal school board members who really pushed this name change. So it was great to see pictures being shared on the internet. I saw the picture on IG. I said, wow, look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time coming. Like I remember when these conversations first happened last summer. Mind you, these conversations have been on and off for years, mm-hmm. um, but I'm very excited that they were able to get that changed. Yeah, that's that was, pretty cool. Yeah. Because um, for those who do not know, uh, Robert E. Lee was a was a part of the Confederacy. And so that is why it is so controversial. And it is a uh, it was the name of a magnet high school in Baton Rouge, which is one of the, of course, top high schools there. And it's just like, what legacy are you leaving? What legacy or what impression are you giving to the community? So shout out to everybody who pushed for that. Um, it wasn't just the two school board members. They had a community support, folks who also were a part of that journey. So shout out to everyone who was in on that. Louisiana is also proposing a bill to make kindergarten mandatory for students in Louisiana. Right now, all 69 parishes are required to offer kindergarten, but it is not mandatory for students to be enrolled in the program. So um, there is someone, there's Senator Cleo Fields, uh, Louisiana State Senator Cleo Fields is pushing to make this a requirement for our kids. I was about to say, Ms. Anderson, as a kindergarten teacher, what are your thoughts? This is very important. I mean, we can get into the conversation that yes, kindergarten needs to be mandatory and I'm going to die on the hill that pre-K also needs to be mandatory across mm-hmm. everywhere and free. And so I am super excited that this is moving towards something because it provides a lot of access to families because some families can't keep their kids at home until first grade. And it allows kids to get the opportunity to engage with each other and build social skills and learn things most importantly from people outside of the home. So I'm excited about it. And so thinking about kids in schools, uh, Bessie has revised the COVID-19 physical distancing requirements for students in schools. Um, If you do not know, the CDC is now requiring that all students should maintain a three feet distance in classroom settings. So it's been decreased from six to three feet. So uh, Louisiana is moving forward with that. Kids and folks who are in school, I'm sure, you know, you all are taking your own precautions there. So stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. And wear a mask. Oh, and wear a mask. Yeah, that's important. (laughs) (laughs) And Drew Brees, who just retired, correct me if I'm wrong, from the NFL. uh, Sorry for all my football fans. I am, I'm there, but I'm not there yet. He just retired and is now proposing a plan to turn the longtime abandoned Six Flags slash Jazzland area in New Orleans into a place for kids to learn about urban agriculture and for learning centers to be there as well. So trying to create that space into something new, um, which is super exciting. And I'm sure the residents of Orleans Parish and the residents of everybody uh, surrounding Greater New Orleans it's happy to see this park being changed into something because it's been abandoned since Hurricane Katrina. So mm-hmm. shout out to Drew Brees and everybody on that team that's working on that. And thinking about urban agriculture, 
I wanted to also highlight, there's this one thing uh, that I've been working with Dana, who was just previously on our, on our previous episode talking about CRP. She has been working with a program slash like area, a phenomenal thing in New Orleans called Solitary Gardens. And linking the, the connection between urban agriculture and New Orleans, I'll leave the website there for you all in the comments, but just wanted to highlight Solitary Gardens is doing the work. Research Solitary Gardens, if you don't know about it, it's phenomenal. And yeah, I'm going to turn it over to Henry. Cool. And you know what? Speaking of Solitary Gardens, I've actually had the opportunity to volunteer there with Dana, and they are doing some pretty phenomenal work. I think before you even touch any plants, any, uh, you know, agricultural tools, um, they do give you the, the talk of what the connections are between urban agriculture and just like a lot of the social injustices and it's in the lower ninth ward so there's also a lot of uh, just like a lot of interesting history there that 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 the person who runs the place makes some great connections to so if you happen to be in the new orleans region highly suggest you check it out and even volunteer for a day or two y'all gonna invite me next time y'all go because i see y'all post on instagram and i'll never get invited <laughs> Well, come on come all on right. all right <laughs> that's where I was last Friday last Saturday well today we're going to be talking about teacher personalities and styles now I want to start with a disclaimer I am not, you know, though I am facilitating the conversation, I am not the intellectual gangsta that Taylor is. What? All right. <laughs> Taylor, the last couple episodes with, with you know, literacy and CRP, you and Dana were dropping some serious jewels. There's, there are no actual jewels planned here, but it's, but more of a stimulating conversation. All right. All right. Now that we got that out of the way. If you're a new teacher or you, you know, plan to become a teacher, this is a great conversation that will give you some insight on how to develop your teacher personality. And if you're a veteran teacher, this will be an opportunity to be reflective and evaluate your ways of teaching. All right. So I want to start off by talking about some experiences we all had our first year teaching that shaped your teacher personality. All right. So I'll go ahead and start us off while y'all think of, of a story. And mine goes back actually to the end of my first year. So my first year teaching, I was someone who I really wanted to make it a point to, to have my students feel comfortable in my class and feel comfortable with me. So I wasn't very rigid with the rules and expectations of the school. You know, sometimes that really can turn into a slippery slope. And I went down that slippery slope where sometimes my students were a little too comfortable. So towards the end of the year, one thing that I think I did really well is I established good classroom community and we were all sitting in a circle. We were having a restorative circle and we were just talking about how the year went. And one of the questions I asked him was, you know, if there is anything you can change about our class or if you have any good feedback for your teacher for how he can become how he can become a better teacher, what would that be? And I'll never forget the words that several students said. They said, 
I like you, Mr. Leal, you're cool and everything, but sometimes it's okay to be mean. I said, what? It's okay to be mean. Now, I knew that they didn't mean that they wanted me to yell at them or that they wanted me to scorn them. Like, I, I, I knew that. But what they were trying to tell me is that it is okay to be strict, to have boundaries, you know, to, to, to actually have solid structures and that you can hold your students accountable to your expectations. Now, it's not that this was new information. What it is is that I do remember talking about these conversations during my my training as a teacher, but I don't know. I guess, you know, I think, again, I, I love talking about humility. I think I was, you know, going through a, a phase of like, yeah, but I think I know what students like, you know, I think I know what students need. And I didn't necessarily follow through with everything that they told me in my training. And sometimes that's just how you learn, right? Some, some things you learn the easy way, some things you learn the hard way. This was one of those where I think I was learning the hard way. And then my, it wasn't until my students said those words to me, it's okay to be mean, that I realized, okay, all right, I do need to tighten up on my, my expectations and my management overall. So next year, this is, I think, the part where like people might roll their eyes, like typical TFA. But I will say in the summer, I started reading Teach Like a Champion. And I was like, all right, what do I got to do? And, and I really tightened up. And I will tell you that the difference between my first year and my second year was night and day. You know, I started finding the balance of still being a personable teacher, but also having high expectations and providing a better learning environment for all. Mm -hmm. So there's my story. Thank you for sharing <laughs> your story. Yes. <laughs> Mine is very similar. I feel like all first year teachers have that uh, moment, AKA the whole year where, <laughs> where they are like, for a variety of reasons. My school had a lot of expectations of students. And for context, my first year of teaching, we were out a full month due to the flood of 2016. And so we were in school for, a couple of weeks maybe and then the flood came and so we were out of school and so obviously there was a lot of trauma and whatnot that goes along with that students being displaced being unhoused losing everything and so I thought it was a great idea for me to be very like laissez-faire like very laid back very you know not upholding expectations of them mm -hmm. because they were experiencing so much and a part of this came back up okay I mean some of this came up in the last episode with Dana and how I butted heads with my principal of like yeah. actually I don't want to do what you tell me to do because that is problematic and I don't want to do that that's really what it was and so I quickly had to learn that me setting boundaries for students is not me being strict it is actually me loving them and creating a safe place for them. And I learned that my second year when I was paired with a veteran teacher and we co-taught and she really modeled for me what it looked like to hold and maintain expectations and to follow up mm -hmm. with students if they if there's a breach. And so that is that is the thing that I struggle with and that I am always very transparent about. And I'm wondering if Miss Jordan's experience is similar 
or she has like something different to add <laughs> listen y'all my eyebrows went up like <laughs> different um because so taylor and i joined the core the same year 2016 so after institute we were literally here for probably like two weeks and then we get called like they call us off for school and then they're like oh yeah it's a thunderstorm next thing we know the whole like the whole city is flooded the whole city (laughs) is flooded and people call me like what what's going on I'm like I've never experienced anything like this you know talking to parents and families it was just like something extremely traumatic that I was like now looking back I'm like wow that was a very 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 traumatic time and so I really do think that because that happened in the beginning of the year that happened August of 2016 that kind of did set the tone for the year because there were so many kids in different areas you know staying with different people and so I think that that also made me want to lean into the oh it's okay da 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 but then also, I don't know if I mentioned this a couple episodes back, which I feel like I do, but I was pretty mean my first year teaching. I was, oh, no. I, I, didn't I, know <laughs> I was very mean and I'm sure I probably thought I was meaner than I actually was because I look like a middle schooler to equal <laughs> for being honest. Um, but I just remember folks coming in my classroom and they're like, who is this person? Like, I'm not a mean person. I'm not a very rigid, strict person, but like, I was, I was like, oh, I have to be this way because this is what my, you know, this is what I have to do, or this is what my school culture is telling me to do. And yeah, I needed to maintain boundaries, but I think I took it a step further and was like, this is my room. This is what you're going to do, period. And so there were times where my sixth graders were looking at me like, Miss Jordan, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, yes, you are. And they're like, I'm not doing it. And they didn't do it. And I think that there were days that I went home where I was like, I'm defeated. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a horrible teacher because my kids aren't quote unquote listening. When in actuality, I wasn't able to, I don't want to say I wasn't able to build trust, but I don't think I was able to have healthy boundaries in my classroom because I was trying to figure it out so I think I leaned into the more strict versus the more let's um all sit together because I was like I'm not kikiing with you I'm your (laughs) teacher okay that's real that's real yeah I think people start off in those two different sides of the spectrum right you either start off like you Ashley where you're like very strict and like yep like no room Mm -hmm. no room for friendship here Mm -hmm. and um and then where Taylor and I started, where we're like, no, but they're kids. <laughs> they're kids. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, we're in boss position. Uh, your hands are <laughs> folded. Eyes on me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to mm-hmm. continue. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you something, Ashley. Was that, this is from my own personal context. Was it that the same year that you were telling your students, we're in Baton Rouge, you can't just go oh. to yeah so I was you know I was humble most of the time which is why I'm saying like in my head I probably was more strict than my kids perceived me as they probably were like Miss Jordan up here here she go again I said I'm telling my advisory hour I was fussing about something every single day so y'all just not gonna do y'all homework that's what we're doing today. like I yeah so I, I was a bit dramatic 
fascinating stuff. I learned something about y'all every time, every time. <laughs> so here's a question that I think is worth uh, discussing. And I'm pretty sure we're all going to feel similarly, but nonetheless, I think it's worth the discussion or it's just like to, to, to kind of lead us into like the, the real meat of the conversation. But how do you think your teacher personality affects your kids, if at all? I think with that question, there's an assumption that your teacher personality is different from your personal personality as a person. You're absolutely right. I, I, I'm definitely asking that question with that in mind, assuming that you do split your personality mm-hmm. or that you, you, how you are with your students is not necessarily how you are outside of work. I think I, once I learned how to teach, <laughs> I think I was myself Mm -hmm. in the classroom like I don't Mm -hmm. think I was like I was Miss Anderson Mm -hmm. but I I think Miss Anderson and Taylor to her friends had a very similar personality like I am funny I was funny with my kids I I am pretty laid back most of the time (laughs) I had to do a little quick self-reflection right there (laughs) but it's okay I'll read myself and keep it moving um that is why it took me so long to really understand what it meant to put up boundaries for kids, because to be honest and to be very transparent, I didn't maintain boundaries in my personal relationships. Mm. So it was hard for me to maintain boundaries for children that I was responsible for teaching. So I don't know if that really answered your question and I'm sure we'll get more into it, but that is, for me, I was the same person. I do think that your teaching personality affects your kids. And I think that just like you're saying, Taylor, it depends on how you define your teaching personality. I'm sure it's pretty exhausting to have one way of being in the classroom and then to like have to switch that leaving the classroom. And I think that it's important to show exactly who you are, but ultimately who you are in the classroom does affect your kids, Mm -hmm. whether that's like, them knowing how to maintain boundaries, them understanding like what should be done and what cannot be done in our room. So I think that it does. Yeah. And I too would very much agree with you, Ashley. I think it absolutely does. Uh, It affects your kids a lot because you're supposed to be the, you know, the model person, the leader in the room. And so how you behave is a lot of the times what you're going to get in return. And what I was thinking about is one big transition that I saw in just like my teaching style is when I finally worked, I worked institute and we were having a lot more open conversations. And I think I've always been more of a a private person and this translated in the classroom as well. I didn't really, you know, I think I said this in the last episode, but a lot of my interactions with students were very transactional, right? Like I didn't, I didn't share any personal stories. I tried to keep things very very professional. I was erring on the side of caution, Mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, no, I don't, you know, I don't, my students don't need to know all these things about me. Like, I mean, sure, I'll keep it surface level, but we're here to learn. (laughs) You know what I mean? So uh, we're not here to socialize. And so, and, and so my, that's exactly what I got in return from my students. You know, I didn't know my students very well. There were some who just like, I mean, they're extroverted kids. So they like, they want to, they want to get to know you. They want to ask you questions and they want to push the boundaries and they want, you know, they want to see what they can get away with. Mm -hmm. But 
as far as like, how well did we know each other? How deep was our relationship? It wasn't deep at all. It was pretty surface level. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's funny when you mentioned, Ashley, that it can be very exhausting having to switch your personalities, right? Going from either like being very, very strict, but like you're actually not that rigid of a person yeah. Um, or, you know, the other way around me, like maybe you're acting extra nice and, and you know extra cool, but like really like you go home and you just want to slap the first person you see. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it is exhausting. And you know what? The people who experience that exhaustion more than, you know, than I guess like than their counterparts are the introverts. So there's a study that shows that the introverts are a lot more likely to burn out from teaching because of how exhausting it can be. Well, number one, just being around so many people all of the time, mm-hmm. but also just having to be more, I think what this is what I would call like the on button. You just have to be on. So here's my follow-up question to y'all. Do you, do you, are y'all more uh, introverted or extroverted? I feel like I might've already asked you this question, but this is relevant to this particular episode. Ashley, what's our answer? <laughs> oh, um, we are extroverted introverts. Uh-huh. So we are a mix of both. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I think, yeah, I just, because when I would come home from teaching y'all, I would shut it down because I would give so much in the classroom, like energy, call and response, do this question, move to the, from this room to this room. Oh, you're with this advisory. Like by the time I got home, I was in the bed. Unless I had certification homework to do. But yeah, I would consider myself and tailored to be extroverted introverts, which is that an ambivert? Ambivert. ambivert, There we go. Yeah. And from my understanding, like the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is like essentially how you fill your cup. So like, how do you refuel yourself uh, and less about the amount of people you're around? push mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong that's that is my understanding of yeah. it mm-hmm. and so like yeah it is exhausting because teaching is we had a saying at our school that teaching is an art and a science and mm-hmm. the art component of it is like this is literally like a Broadway show mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is literally a production mm-hmm. that you pre- that you rehearse for and you do and you perform every it's a performance mm-hmm. and yes. And if you are not your true self, and if you are trying to be what you think a teacher is, then that's, that's where it gets exhausting. Not to say that teaching in general is just not exhausting because it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I was like, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert, it's It's going to suck the energy out of you. Oh yeah. 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 Especially starting out because I feel like I think as a teacher, I was like, oh, I can't wait till I get to that five-year heel. I think once you get to mm-hmm. that, you have a rhythm. But mm-hmm. starting out in your first, second, third year teaching, it's like, all right, here's another show. All right, we're on. All right, we're on air. <laughs> we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, I think if you're an extrovert, generally speaking, of course, you thrive off of that environment, right? You like having to interact with people. You like having to... I, I don't know, just like ha- have to be the, the, this is what, like, I guess like the center of attention, right? Like all eyes on me. And, and he was like, let me, let me, let me tell y'all about this. And let me like you know, talk to y'all about that. 
But I think for introverts, that can get very exhausting. Speaking of introverts and extroverts, the underlying theme here is whether you are an introvert or an extrovert makes no difference whether you are going to be a good teacher or not. Mm. Right. Mm. Like you can be a phenomenal teacher as an introvert. You can be a phenomenal teacher as an extrovert. However, for someone who is, let's say, reevaluating or evaluating for the first time, the kind of teacher that they'd want to be, what would you say are the pros and cons to being an introverted teacher and an extroverted teacher? Why don't we start with the introverts? Yeah, we'll start with the introverts. I think the pro of being an, a teacher who identifies as an introvert is like being able to understand folks on a personal level to begin with. I think that like you automatically think about the, what your students are going to be thinking, feeling, saying, doing in your classroom. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, that was similar to what I was thinking. I have a friend who identifies as an introvert who taught for a very long time and who was a very effective teacher and their thoughtfulness around how they engage with kids because they spent so much time by themselves and they could they could process the day they could process the lesson they can process what they want to change and I think that is is one of the biggest pros and this is obviously not to say that extroverts don't have that but I think that's just something that's people who identify as introverts they just enjoy doing wait Henry you didn't answer the are you an introvert you I think you said last time you're an introvert yeah I actually yeah 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 I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought me back to that I just remembered that you, you're so right I didn't, I didn't answer that I think after y'all said that you're extroverted introverts is that what you said yeah. or introverted yeah. extroverts and what's the difference I don't know I think they're the same or maybe it's like yeah for the context of this conversation they can be the same for right now somebody can at me at entangled underscore podcast on instagram slash entangled at teachforamerica.org if you want to reach out to us shameless plug Mm -hmm. um but for the context of this situation this conversation we'll just say they're the same Okay, perfect. Yes, I too would love that if someone's like, let me clarify for you. I would love to know. Like but, maybe an actual psychologist. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You don't want to know your Google searches. We can do that too. Um, no, but so yeah, I think I too, in, this is how I think I would define it. In my early to mid 20s, I was very extroverted. I do remember sure. you saying that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, I was very extroverted. And when I started teaching, I think I started dialing back a little bit, but I can tell you this, even my first and second year teaching, I don't care how tired I was. I don't care what kind of week I had. I was going out on a Friday night. Same. Period. Yep. Period. And you better not disturb my sleep on a Saturday morning. Amen. Unless I had an all core and that was a whole nother story. Right. 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 (laughs) I know. I know. Which that makes me think, think of tons of stories, but we are not going to get into that now. Um, so yeah, I would say now in, in my early 30s, I'm definitely more introverted. I'm not like on a Friday night. In fact, I don't care how good of a week I had. I don't care what, you know, how I'm, I'm likely going to stay in unless my girlfriend's like, hey, we have some people that we should meet up with, friends in town. Like, all right, fine. I mean, I'll go out. But here's what I've noticed recently. Recently, now that I've had to meet new people and that I had to facilitate sessions, 
I've been like, whoa, where's that been? Like my extroverted personality starts to shine and it starts to come out like, oh, looks like you need me right now. I'll, I'll go ahead and make an appearance for you. And it's there, you know, it's not, it's nothing that I have to like prepare for or talk myself into, you know, and hype myself up. It, it just, it comes. So I feel like I, I, I truly do have a, a personality that really can tap into both. But I would still say if I had to like really categorize myself with, with only one, I'd, I'd go with introverted still, because that's how I feel my cup, like you said, Taylor. Yeah. Y'all touched on the pros of introverts. And, you know, according to just like some also some of my own research that I did, some of the top three uh, pros of being an introverted teacher are, you know, the first one is a lot of introverted teachers tend to be more reflective, right? So they do take the time to think about how lessons went, think about who they're reaching, who they're not reaching, just generally tend to be more reflective, right? Then another one that this surprised me, but it didn't surprise me. Um, and this made me think of you, Taylor. Introverted teachers apparently tend to be more direct. Um, a lot less of beating around the bush there's, you know, you can think of your theories. I was thinking like, is it because you want to kind of cut the conversation short and you want it to be over? So you're like, <laughs> look, boom, here it is. Um, which I, I, that's just how I'm, I was like, this, that, that's what makes sense to me. Yeah. And then uh, for the third one is introverted teachers are a lot more likely to show compassion, mm. which again, I was like, that makes sense to me. Right. Uh, I think an introverted teacher knows with, you know, with your reflective skills. Uh, also, you probably have the ability to recognize the people who are not necessarily making all the noise, mm -hmm. you know, and, and acknowledge those folks. So I thought that was interesting. Now, as for the cons, uh, actually, we'd love to say, what, what do you all think? What are some of the cons for introverts? I think a not a con but a challenge something that will mm. be an uphill battle for them something that you know will be a little tricky is all of the expectations on teachers to be in front of people Man. and to be in front of kids to talk to parents to host parent teacher conferences to to be in meetings, to do all of the politicking that is being a teacher, I can see that being as something that takes time in developing a coping yep. mechanism around. <laughs> that was that was the top answer there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I win. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and I think with that, I don't know, I don't want to go too far deep on this subject because, you know, we try to air on the positive side um but I also think that it could potentially be a challenge for extroverts to for I say extroverts introverts to potentially build relationships across the full staff I think that as a teacher it's really easy because you see people all the time eight hours a day in the same building five days a week teacher drama is real <laughs> and you could walk past somebody and literally not hear them and they speak to you and now it's it's something now it's, it's an beef. issue when beef. it's really just an actuality like you may just be having a tough day or right now you could be reflecting on something and you're like just walking down the hall and you might not have even heard them 
but it can turn into something that it really doesn't need to turn into. And so I know I don't want to highlight the teacher drama, but I I think it could easily be seen from other people that you don't want to engage or that you're not trying to be personable or build relationships across the team when that's really not even the case. If people really got to know you, which says something about them too. So, yeah. 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 I'm almost even wondering if that's the case anywhere you go right anywhere you go where you have to just work with people Mm -hmm. like that's just just gonna happen it's very true so for some of the challenges for our introverts which you already know the first one is like like having the expectation of, of, of showing up can be very, very challenging. The other thing is they're a lot more likely to experience the burnout, which we talked about in the beginning, or experience burnout faster. Mm-hmm. And then also introverts are more likely to be rigid, a lot more rigid, which doesn't always sit well with our kids. Now, again, remember, we're generally speaking here. So if you're like, like well, no, no, we're generally speaking. Mm-hmm. All right, right. Okay. Um, let's do the extroverts then pros and challenges to being an extrovert. What do y'all think? An extroverted teacher, not just an extrovert, an extroverted teacher. I feel like I was an extroverted teacher and why am I having a hard time? Oh, engagement, Mm -hmm. engaging students into the work due to my lovely outgoing personality. And with the community, I think that, you know, as a teacher, you're not just a teacher in the classroom, like Mm. you're a teacher in the hallway, you're a teacher in the office. And when I think about the number of school visitors that my first year school had, like the school board was there, parents Mm. were there, different organizations were there. And so it's like being able to, or having a personality where you are more apt to speaking to someone first whether they spoke to you or not or things like that I think could be a a potential pro for an extrovert Mm -hmm. so I think based on what y'all said you pretty much touched on two on on two of the pros one of them is extroverted teachers uh make connections easier Mm -hmm. right and so, yeah, this is what you were talking about, um, Ashley, like with the community, with our school leaders, with, you know, who the people that you're working with, right? You, uh, same with, like you were saying, Taylor, the connections with your students, right? Like you can really draw them in and, and get them involved and, and just like really like build the hype, right? Uh, another pro is extroverts are a lot more likely to thrive off of the stimulation that happens in a school. Again, generally speaking, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> For, for as an extrovert, if your class is, I don't know, um, I'll just say for like a better word, it's just noisy. That doesn't bother you so much, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh yeah, there's, there's, there's life in, there's life in this room. And I'm, you know, it's like, and I'm the heart of it. And then I think finally for our extroverted teachers, a pro is that they're more likely to collaborate with other people. Yeah. Right. Could be that you're collaborating with other teachers, could be that you're collaborating with, I don't know, the counselor, social workers, people who are working in your school. You're a lot more likely to do that because you like to talk to people. That makes sense. And I probably would have guessed that. But all of those definitely resonate with me. Mm -hmm. And mainly because I don't like work. I don't like independent work time as a grown up. I like to talk. I like to talk. And I've quickly learned that I process 
by talking, which is why I sound rambly sometimes on this podcast. <laughs> and we love it. And that's okay. You it is okay. It. Exactly. It is okay. And you know yeah. what? Now that you mentioned that, I think this is why we're all doing the podcast. I think I'm also more of a verbal processor. <laughs> Honestly, really, like as, as someone who's new to staff, there are some times where we have to sit through trainings and people are talking the entire time. And I don't even, I was like, are we still on the same slide? Because I don't even know. Like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you feel that? I do. I do. I'm just saying like, yeah. Anyway, so sometimes they'll ask like, does anyone have any questions? Or like, what do we think about that? And I, I talk because I need to like process. I don't like, I, I, I don't even, sometimes I don't even know what I'm talking about. I think no. I'm just talking so I can get something going for myself. Same. That's just, yeah. That's just how, how I feel. Okay. I so, get that. See, I guess, yeah, I, I think we're all extroverted here to a very large extent. Okay, cool. What about for cons? And I will say, I may actually need your help with challenges, challenges. As I was looking for challenges for extroverted teachers, there weren't a ton that people were talking about. And so not to say they don't exist, because I truly believe that, like, we all face challenges. And there are some, but... They're not as out there because I'm guessing the extroverts or extroverted teachers. We rule the world. Exactly. And they're like, no, we're good. Teaching is our thing. We got it. But what would y'all say are the challenges for extroverts? I think as an extrovert, and this could also just be because, I don't know. I don't want to say it's who I am, but a part of just the season in my life um, where I would go rogue sometimes because I'm like... (laughs) this is gonna work and I know how to do it with my personality so I'm gonna be good and there were some times where I was like oh I don't need to rehearse that because I know I'll just be able to do it and so Mm. I think in the beginning of learning how to teach Mm. I probably gave myself more credit than I actually should have because I was like I mean it's just talking (laughs) and I think (laughs) I may not have pushed myself in some areas and I think that you know, I wasn't a problematic teacher, but there were times where maybe I said something that may have been off-putting to a student at one or twi- once or twice in my teaching career, or, you know, teachers or my students may not have understood it when I really just could have rehearsed it the night before instead of feeling overly confident. So that's what, that's what I'm thinking about. Yes. Risk-taking, I feel, would be the top thing. I have a, a small story that that shows one my terribleness as a first year teacher. And so I had a co-teacher, Melina. She was a second year core member. Shout out to Melina. She's gonna hear this. And this was like on a free day, right? And I'm like, ooh, I wanna make slime with my kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were trying <laughs> to make slime, but I did I wanted it to be like kind of like play-doh but they would be able to put in a ziploc black bag and take it out and play with it right it it did not go well mm-hmm. there was dish soap and <laughs> borax all over everywhere and there are 25 small children <laughs> with oh, their geez. hands up like this i'm stressed i need to wash my hands i'm stressed but that was me being a risk taker and being like oh it'll be fun I saw it on Pinterest it's gonna work not remembering that there's only two sinks in each bathroom Mm, 
Oh my God. And that this is going to be impossible to clean up. So risk taking <laughs> is one of them. is the answer. I don't care I'm what sorry. that paper say. Risk taking is the answer. <laughs> I will put, I'm going to put that on there. That's perfect. <laughs> Too much of a risk taker. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we'll put that as one of the top ones. Another one is uh, for challenges for extroverts is they're more likely to get distracted, either if it's from a lesson, from your planning, from whatever, mm-hmm. but you're a lot more likely to get distracted. Um, and then this one, which I thought was interesting, I was like, dang, okay, I fall under this category for sure. A lot more likely, again, generally speaking, a lot more likely to overcommit. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh. Definitely. I feel attacked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I too was like, oh, dang. Okay. You got me there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who said I needed to be a dance coach? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? You know so how to dance, I, Ashley? So I was a dancer in high school. I was okay. on like our dance team, but dance teams in the South are very different, different from <laughs> the dance teams in the, in Michigan where I'm from. Um, so I learned a great deal and I, you know, me and my co-coach, we, we held it down. I was better at something. She was better at actually performing and teaching the routines. I was like, who you need me to call? <laughs> I got you. I got you. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Fantastic. Man. I want you to take a second and then think about what are some of the top three qualities that you think a teacher should have, regardless of whether they're introverted or extroverted to just be a great teacher. So again, there's three qualities or three, yeah, three qualities that every teacher should have to be great. I would say patient, regardless of what age group, um, (laughs) whatever those words are, regardless of whatever age group you teach, patience. I think teaching is like a very detailed oriented profession. Mm-hmm. And so like being able to pay attention to the details and to see the bigger picture, like that is one quality together and communication skills, mm-hmm. bare minimum is like, can you communicate effectively to kids? Can you communicate effectively to families? Can you communicate effectively to your coworkers and administrators? I think if, since I have to reduce it down to three, I will say those are the top three for me. Beautiful. Ms. Jordan, what do you think? So I have two working on the third and I feel like I'll be able to talk through it. But the first thing that comes to mind is the ability to connect and build relationships, not just with your students, but also the staff you're working with in the community. It's imperative that you do so because especially if you're coming into a school or a community that you're not from, you got a lot of learning to do. So just Mm -hmm. sit back and learn, which brings me to my second point um, that I couldn't think of, but now I'm here, is that you need to be able to receive feedback. And Mm -hmm. I think, I don't, maybe receive feedback isn't the right word, but the ability to learn and change things when needed, because you don't know everything, friend. I'm sorry to tell you, but you don't. So just keep learning that maybe that continuous learning is important. And then the ability to communicate. So within the things that, you know, you more than likely need to work on being able to name that being able to say, 
hey, this teacher down the hall is doing this great thing. What what makes, you know, your response from students so great? How do you get your engagement so high? And then also just communicating with people in general, because no one likes a bad communicator and it's very (laughs) hard to like get around that. So building those communication skills as a teacher is extremely important. So I would say those three things. Lovely, lovely, absolutely lovely. All right. And I will wrap it up by saying, according to the Global Journal of Social Science, these are the top three qualities that an effective teacher should have. One, being passionate. And I'll leave it at that because I know we can really elaborate, but being passionate. Taylor, you and this Global Journal of Social Science would be in agreement with patience. Um, You have to be patient. Cooperative which I think has a lot to do with that communication skills. And then this next one, I think there's a lot of room here for uh, interpretation. And, and I put a question mark next to this one because I was like, really? Is the last one, so it's actually four qualities, but I'm keeping it to three. I think those are the main three, passionate, patient, cooperative. And then they had a fourth one, which said authoritative. Of course, I think the way that we train our teachers is to kind of get away from that mindset of like, just like authoritarianism. So I was like, okay, but I think this article wasn't necessarily saying that you need to be an authoritarian. They were just saying you need to have that, you need to be that authoritative figure in the room. I know there's a lot of room for conversation there, which we can maybe talk about another time. Yeah, Henry, because I was just going to say authoritarian and authoritative are actually different. Ah, you know what? Okay, well, I was going to say- Part two. We will be having part two to this episode. (laughs) We just made that announcement right now. Honestly, I just made that announcement without any uh, consent from my I'm with it. I'm with (laughs) it. It's all good. Uh, But I feel like that conversation is something that needs to happen because Mm -hmm. the two often get conflated and the two often get- put out of proportion or Mm. I can't think of the word but like they're misconstrued and you see other things that are not actually what those two words mean Mm. love it I I actually really like that you said that because I too I was like authoritative okay well you know and that's but so I'm I'm actually glad you said it because I was definitely mixing the two so I think that's that's pretty much a wrap for our exit ticket I want to read y'all a quote and you know you can tell us what you think about it or you know what, if you want to chime in, like we said earlier about uh, differences between an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert, or if you want to tell us about your teacher personality, you can hit us up on Instagram or you can email us at entangled at teachforamerica.org. So the quote reads as such, good teachers join the self, the subject and students in the fabric of life. They can weave a complex web of connections between themselves, their subjects, and their students so that students can learn to contrive a world for themselves. Boom. What do y'all think about that? That'll be a wrap for us today. Thank you very much for for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Bye.